This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. In this edition, of course, we'll be talking about Tottenham's 1-0 win at Kenilworth Road and Tottenham Hotspur, are top of the Premier League table. Of course, Arsenal face Manchester City tomorrow. You never know what's going to happen, but Spurs are unbeaten going into the international break. Played eight, won six, drawn two. I have three very, very special guests to talk about today's game. Of course, Luton nil, Tottenham Hotspur one. Joining us for the very first time, we have got actor Jamie Kenner, uh, who, of course, has joined us uh, all the way from uh, the Cobbles. Of course, he spent the last couple of years uh, on Coronation Street. Jamie, lovely to have you here. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've been uh, I've been busting to get on this and have a, a good old Spurs chinwag. Um, it's been a few seasons since I've wanted to have a Spurs chinwag, but this season I'm very happy to do so. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Lovely to have you here. Uh, back with us, we've got Barnaby Slater. And I think it's fair to say... I probably wouldn't have done YouTube if it wasn't for you, Barnaby. So if people don't like what I do, it's probably your fault. Um, of course, presenter, former presenter of Spurred on TV. And you've just started up your own channel, Barnaby. Well, that's right. And I've ingeniously called it the Spurred on podcast because uh, I'm just going to try and scrape back some of the old fans. Yeah, I used to run Spurred on across YouTube and all the social channels. And now I'm starting a daily uh, Spurred on podcast, which you can find on all your usual podcast platforms, as well as on my YouTube, which is along the bottom there, at Barnaby Slater underscores. So if you want to check out kind of daily updates on all things Tottenham and some interviews with lovely people, hopefully like Chris and Jar and Jamie, then uh, subscribe and follow. Thanks, guys. Barnaby, I don't know how you've done it. You covered the good times on the Pochettino. You then, you then didn't do any of Spurred on during Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, Nuno Espirito Santo, Stellini, Ryan Mason, and now you're back for the good times on the Postacoglu. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like that might not be coincidence. But uh, yeah, I think, um, let's be honest, uh, following Spurs is more enjoyable when you actually have someone willing to play 
front foot attacking football. But I think um, we'll go into this, I'm sure. But I actually think Ange Postacoglu might end up being the greatest manager we've had since Bill Nick because he just has it all in not only on the pitch and how he treats the players, but in terms of dealing with the press, not playing any games uh, off the pitch. I think it's very, very good. Like it's going to be very, very good. We will get into it. I'm, I'm really hoping, Barnaby, that. Uh, and use the guy to lead us to our next trophy because, of course, it's been too long. Back also with us is uh, Jar Wobble, of course, uh, guitarist and singer. Uh, Jar, how are you? And thanks for coming back on. Yeah, I'm really good. I'm, I'm 65 and now, pathetically, I wake up thinking of Tottenham, go to sleep thinking of Tottenham. I was very excited about this game. That obviously wasn't the case at times this last few years with Maureen. Conte, we were so lucky to have him, and uh, and Nuno, you know, absolutely a new era. And as Barnaby just said, you want to get, I don't want to get too excited too quickly, but um, yeah, this guy's got this this gaffer has got something about him, hasn't he? Really got something about him. Joe, that is exactly where I want to start. I was asked this question earlier today, and I keep being asked this question: Are you getting excited? Are you getting carried away? We're eight games in, we're unbeaten, we're playing some great football. We're grinding out results like we did today. Ten men, the Suma sent off. We've got the three points here today. We're sitting top of the league. Are you getting carried away by this entertaining football that we're playing? I'm not getting carried away. I've just obviously had so many disappointments. I mean, football mainly brings disappointment. It's more disappointing for more people at any given time than they're not. That's the nature of it. We've only ever got a few winners. Um, so I'm not getting carried away. But, you know, two, six wins, isn't it, and two draws? And um, apparently we had a very easy, a very easy start. I'm so I'm told. You know, Liverpool, Man United. You know, um, there are, and as we could see today, there's no easy games. That turned out to be a very, very tricky game today. I was actually a bit worried that Pete. I felt too many fans were, were too overconfident um, this last couple of days. Every, I didn't hear anyone even say Luton could score a goal, which I know they didn't, but they could well have done. It was a Really tricky game, but we found out more about the team today, I think, than if we'd won three or four nil, you know. So it's turned out really good. We really showed some grit. We gave up one or two chances, but on the whole, did very well. We did that thing, what happens with passing teams. I've seen it with Tottenham in the 80s when we had that great team. If you don't score goals with your chances, you start to overcook it and you start to overthink it, start to overplay. And we saw that. And obviously, the biggest Basuma was a little bit guilty of that. And obviously, Basuma hopefully can learn from this. But it's insane when you're on a yellow to start with to do what he did today. You don't get the first yellow. It's like with affairs. Don't go and have the first innocent coffee. If you don't have the first innocent coffee, you won't have years and years of misery and grief and all that caper. Not that I know anything about any of that. Because I wish I'd have been on this podcast a few years ago. I don't take the first coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with this podcast, Jamie. You don't know what you're going to be talking about next. Well, you, you, you'll be talking about the football and then a, affairs come into it. Um, well, Jamie, it. are you getting carried away with this and Postacoglu affair? Do you know, I'm not getting carried away because I, I think, uh, you know, I think you have to be steeped in reality of being a Spurs fan. And I, I too have been up and down and, and round and about over the years. But what I'm just loving is... I love him. I love his demeanour. I love. Obviously, we're we're starting to have a go, and with the with the negativity that we've been shrouded in for the last few seasons, you know, watching some dire performances, watching some some players who are lost, who don't know what they're doing, with no identity. 
I became a Spurs fan based on how we played football many, many moons ago and to, you know, to go through what we've been through. So one injury, Madison gets injured or, or you know, like the goals dry up a little bit, you know, it, it, it becomes a different thing. But at the moment, I'm not getting carried away, but I'm just like every other Spurs fan. I'm just loving it. I'm loving talking about it. I'm looking forward to the games. Um, the atmosphere in the stadium, like, you know, that Liverpool game last week, you know, the the, the the singing before the game, the atmosphere before the game, you know, it's electric and it just doesn't feel like the game is over. And, it, you know, back in the day, and I think that Luton game today is another example of, you know, we our heads would have dropped with all those chances we missed. Uh, and, and But we rode it out. And I think, I think the biggest thing for me, I love how we're attacking, but the biggest thing for me is we are defending superbly. I think the Liverpool game, at the back, we were absolutely... I mean, Salah barely did a thing. You know, Doggy literally put him in his pocket. And that, I think, is what won us the game. So, we're talking about the attacking football, but I think defensively, it's been magnificent. Van der Ven, what a, what a find he's been. Um, so, yeah, I'm just loving it. I'm not getting carried away because, you know, and I'm not going to start talking titles and all that. And to be honest, I'll be quite happy tomorrow if we do give up the top spot and City give Arsenal Tonkin. So, but it's just a very enjoyable start to the season. It's nice to wear this with pride mm. and uh, and be hold my head up and go, yeah, I'm a Spurs fan. What what are you talking though, Jamie? What are you expecting now? You know, this impressive start under Postacoglu and we know that we can play decent, attractive football. That we, we know that we can create a lot of chances. We've created more chances than anyone else in the yeah. Premier League right now. Um, what do you think Ange can deliver this season for Tottenham and what would you be happy with? I, I think... A realistic aspiration is top six. I think an excellent uh, aspiration and a very achievable one based on what we've done now is top four. I think we could, I think it's very open. I think once City put the burners on, you know, I think it's theirs to lose. I think, you know, they're, they're in a different league and they proved it last season. You know, they sort of were a bit of a cancer and then boom, they just, they turned it up a notch. So, um, but I think the next sort of three, four, five spots are, are up for grabs. I really do. A little run. And and I would absolutely love to have a proper go at the FA Cup. I mean, we are we are due a, a Wembley trip. We're due, you know, our name needs to be back on that trophy. And I would I would love that. I'd actually probably go as far as to say I might get shot down. I'd give up a European spot to have an FA Cup to win in the FA Cup. I said the same earlier. I know a lot of people are not going to agree with us. Um, Barnaby, are you getting carried away by Ansel? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I said in my intro, uh, and I, 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 like I said, I think he, he could end up being the best manager we've had since Bill Nicholson. I know Keith Birkinshaw fans will be upset with me and Pochettino fans, but I just think he is the right guy at the right time in terms of man management, press management, and that whole thing that he's said and, and, and goes through with of be brave on the ball. If you make a mistake, it's on me. It's not on you. That is that is so refreshing and that must be amazing for people, particularly like I think Pat Matasar and Pedro Porro today. Did they lose the ball a few times? Yeah, they did. But they know that Postacoglu is not going to dig them out in the press. He's not going to have a go at them. And that is why we're making chance after chance. What I will say about today is I think it was the first true example of how difficult some Ange ball is going to be to watch because usually when you go down to 10 men, everybody gets behind the ball and uh, you know, you're, you're feeding off scraps. But he was leaving one or two up front and letting our kind of our fullbacks get completely uh, overloaded. 
And it was stressful at times. But I think I, I said it in my match review, actually, on Spurred On. I think, realistically, he thinks that it's just as likely he's going to score another one as it is that they're going to concede one by having, a, uh, by having 10 men behind the ball. And I think he's right. I actually think he's right. We made a good few chances. We could easily have scored the second goal. And uh, it's it's really refreshing. So, yeah, to answer your question, I'm, I'm thoroughly on the Ange train. Well, let's have a look at the match stats. Luton had 33% possession, Tottenham 67%. Uh, Luton had 12 shots to Tottenham's 15. Shots on target, Luton 2, Spurs 4. Corners, Luton 5, Spurs 6. And fouls, Luton 16, Spurs 7. And as I mentioned earlier, um, Tottenham Hotspur are top of the Premier League and Forgive me if I show this graphic a number of times during this stream. Um, played eight, won six, drawn two, got a goal difference of plus 10, and we have 20 points. Um, Jar, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on today's game, because um, the way that we started the match, um, you know, we could have been 3-0 up in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and it's always frustrating when you get to... This is the one time, funny enough, today sort of missed Kane. It was a bit of a flat flat track bully against these kind of teams, you know. Um, and I did also wonder, because that that's the one great thing, this Kulu cuts inside on his left, puts that those lovely balls to the far post. And, you know, he's going to do that two or three times, at least in a game, he's going to deliver some good balls. And I kept thinking, wouldn't it be better if you had Son there, you know. Um, but, hey, it's that's football. It does happen, doesn't it? You dominate, with, as I said earlier, all passing teams have games where this happens. And you see it a lot of times with City. Your nightmare is if you go a goal down and and a night, anything can happen, of course, in, in the Premier League. It's so dynamic. And you get a red card, as we did today. The whole thing the whole thing changes. I thought we started overplaying about a half-hour mark. They started to come into it. They were emboldened. Um, we were getting a little bit frustrated. One or two players getting just trying to get on the ball too much and be Roy of the Rovers, which we've had with Harry Kane this last few. A great player, Harry Kane, but it, it's too many Roy of the Rovers moments, you know, rather than having faith in moving the ball quick, just keeping it simple, playing the easy ball all the, all the time, you know. Um, but second half, we were down to 10, and I thought we dug in and we, we used the ball well when we could, and Madison come up with the goods again. And it needed a centre half. Nobody said with the goal, by the way, I didn't really listen too much to the pundits. Nobody said how quick he sorted his feet out. Because according to um, who was the guy who was our manager for, for two and a half seconds um, before? Nuno. Yeah, you know, he was saying he was, wasn't a very good, uh, very good player at all. He could only run in straight lines and was a bit clumsy, I think, you know. Um, but uh, anyway, he. He showed today, sorted his feet out well. I thought he was probably our man of the match. Him and Romero were immense because they were exposed on the flanks so much they had to defend their box. You know, uh, did so well. And with Barnaby, yeah, at times you just <laughs> your instinct is to want to to, to get those midfielders back, doubling up and getting behind the the fullbacks. But I guess he he seems very calm. Postagulu, and I guess he's 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 a very bright guy. It's no wonder he's got Greek DNA. The way he was talking about VAR, he's he's very philosophical. You know, very he's a very smart guy, very very clever, obviously. And he would have just worked out statistically, you're probably better off to keep an attacking force going, especially in the modern game. You know, rather than give up all as we've done so often in the past, give up all your um, attacking hopes 
and we ended up so pathetically like a boxer on the rope, just getting pummeled so often at times this last few seasons. The only the only time that didn't happen was in the latter part of Conti's reign in the first season when we broke with menace and 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 actually you know placing it, it, people forget that was a good little period. But overall with Maureen it was pretty hopeless, and with Nuno it was pretty hopeless. You know, so yeah. It, um, and we found out a lot. I think I found out more about the character of the team today than even against Liverpool or Sheffield United. You're away from home. You're down to 10 men. You're not feeling sorry for yourself. You're just thinking of solutions all the time, you know, which is that positive mindset that you want in life from people around you, if you can. You don't want people, oh, no, there's a leak in the roof. Whoa. You know, we get, get, get someone to fix it or get up there and get a bucket out or whatever find a solution you know there's no point moaning and they just got on with it obviously Bissouma's going to be out now again enough I believe if he gets another yellow he's out and he's the only press resistant guy we've really got there that's a concern but I'm not as concerned after the game as I would have been before because Holberg every time he comes in he's a leader and I think they can find a solution to getting the ball out from the back against Fulham. I'll go and see them. I could have gone today, actually, because I've got a couple of mates. With, a good mate of mine's a season ticket holder there, him and his pal. So I get tickets to see Fulham at times. And I was at the, I was at the game in the, Carib in, the, in the Caribou earlier this year. He's obviously a canny manager and would have had a good look at us and he'll be relishing the challenge. But Ange, he'll be very calm. He obviously analyses them. He's, he's a master at delegation. What I like with him, he doesn't try to take all the credit for the, how well the defence is playing. He's given a lot of credit. It's Matty Wells, is it? The guy who's doing the defensive coach at Tottenham who's come in, um, which is really... It's just everything's great man management. Yesterday, talking about... Um, they asked him about the team, how well it's doing, and he talks only about the players who are not in the team. Skip, um, Davis um, and Holberg, whoever it was. I've noticed he didn't talk about Dyer, but maybe that's just me reading more into it. But he talks about the really these players who are, who are not in the team. Obviously, motivate motivating them, motivating the people who realise if they don't, if they have a couple of bad games, they could be out. You know. So today, I learned a lot from them. I've got a number of texts from people saying, "Well, we held on and we were really pretty solid and pretty assured, and we managed the game very well once we got the goal." incredible that he keeps taking off Son and Madison. Incredible. Which makes you think he's just, he's not just focused on that game. He's like 3D chess. He's, 3D chess. he's looking at the future. He's weighing everything up. So I'm um, very, very solid today. And it's lovely with these international breaks, which we all hate. I don't know anyone who likes these international breaks. Breaks the bloody season up. It's all a bloody ribbon. But isn't it lovely when you go into one when you've had a victory top of the league? I, I think tomorrow will be one-one. I think that'll be a draw because I don't think City that they're missing De Bruyne. De Bruyne. I don't think they've got quite in it into to get across the line tomorrow. Um, and and probably the same with Arsenal. I, I see a one-one or a nil-nil even tomorrow. I think it'll, it'll be a cagey affair. Remind me that when it ends up five-three to City. But I just got that feeling that uh, things are going our way at the moment. Anyway, I'm talking too much, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I can tell. It's great to hear. Um, Jamie, let's come to you. Um, I think a lot of people expected a bit of a walkover today um, yeah. against Luton. I felt that Luton played extremely well today and gave Tottenham a real game. Of course, we did have those chances in the first 10 minutes, but um, it wasn't the easiest game 
um, you know, it's, that's not going to be an easy place to go to, Kenilworth Road, for a lot of Premier League teams. What did you make of Luton? Because without sounding disrespectful, I think that if they were pretty handy in the final third, they might have got a few goals today. Yeah, uh, yeah I, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that it's, it's they, they just lack quality. They just lack quality. I think that, that ground is going to be a difficult place to go because the fans are right on top of you. They make a lot of noise. I thought the atmosphere, you know, credit to them. You know, they are really enjoying themselves. And I think that's all you can do when you're a team like Luton. You come up and just enjoy your moment in the sun. I don't think they will survive because I just don't think they've got enough quality. And I think that proves today because they really, once we went down to 10 men, because I think the first, they were shell-shocked in the first 10, 15 minutes. I think they were a bit awestruck by it's the first top six team that's been there. Um, I think they were a little bit kind of, oh my God, it's Tottenham and, and we, you know, we should have been three or four goals up. I think once they settled in and once they started winning a few, uh, timing a few tackles better, because I thought they were kicking us all over the shop at first, I think they really settled in. And then obviously us going down to 10 men, um, they sort of capitalised on it. But I just don't think they had that quality in the in the final third. And that that's the difference. I think they, they huff and puff and they'll definitely give you a game. And I think they will pick up results. Um, but it was a tough... You know, that's that's a harder game, really. You know, Liverpool at home, for example, Man United at home. They're, they're, we know they're tough games. We know, you know, we know when you, you're going away to Arsenal. You know about that. When you're going to Kenilworth Road and you're playing in what is effectively, a you know, a large National League stadium, like, that's that's hard. That's hard because it's a no-win, isn't it? Like, you go and tonk them, everyone goes, oh, well, it's only Luton. And then you scrape a little 1-0 win. Everyone's like, well, you know, you only just got through it. But, you know, I'd agree with the guys that it's they're the, they're the results we need. They're the results in the last few years that we wouldn't have done. We'd have sulked. We'd have started sulking. The atmosphere would have changed. You know, the fans might have gone a bit quiet. Um, we'd have lost. We'd have lacked a little bit of leadership, bit of direction. Going down to ten men, we would we would have lost those games. You know, I remember in the past we've we've done it to Stoke on a Tuesday night. You know, and things like that. You you go away and your tails, mm. your heads go down, your tails drop. So I think. Credit to us for keep going. Credit, definite credit to Ange because he see, What I love is he seems to be having a an impact. Half time, half times are really crucial with him. You can tell he's making a difference. You can tell the way he carries himself. He's going to go in, and he's not just going to like Mourinho in that documentary. It was all about him shouting and screaming, huffing and puffing, and making it about him and his ego. Ange, you know, wants to go in and he tinkers and he makes an impact. I think the players. Are playing for him. I think they respect him. They like him. He's giving people chances, um, and I think that showed for me after the Fulham game, the Carabao Cup game. That was when I sort of that was like, this is our guy because the way he just took that on the chin, the way he he fronted that, making nine changes and going, Do you know what? I've got to play these. I've got a load of players, and I need to give them a game. And I don't, you know, and I need to find out what they're like. And we only lost on penalties. And I think he. You know that's what that's what I've loved about him. So a game like today, I think he he deserves a lot of credit, and that was that's a tougher game than people will give us credit for. Uh, but fair Jack. play to Luton. If there's any Luton fans, you know, watching, I think it's going to be a tough place, and they will pick up some results. And their fans were superb. I thought. I think it's fair to say that we've had hurdles that we've had to jump over in most games this season so far. Yeah, and Char said that he doesn't really take the credit, but he should be taking the credit, shouldn't he? Because you know, are you surprised as well how how good things are after just eight games? Because when you think back about the transfer window and you think that the likes of Harry Kane have left the football club as well, 
This is a major rebuild, eight games in, unbeaten. All these hurdles that we've had to jump over. Are you surprised by how quick it's all happened? I mean, yes and no. I sort of had a feeling about him. And he's obviously a he's obviously a player's manager. And what he's done is he's come in and he's, you know, you think of the likes of Basuma and Saar, they're already there. So he's in all he's done is he's brought performances out of players that we already had that were being squashed. So, you know, a good man manager will come in and go, right. OK, who have we got? And that's what he's done. He's put faith in. Obviously, he's brought Madison in and a couple of others. But he he's put faith in, he's restored faith in what was already there, in, in players that are lost, um, except Dyer. Uh, but, you know, he's he, that's what he's... So, I, I guess, am I surprised? Or did I? I had an inkling. I did have an inkling. I thought he was a good appointment. But then the only thing that scared me was, I did have a the similar inkling about Nuno. <laughs> Um, when we got Nuno, because I'd, I'd seen you what didn't. he did You didn't. Well, like, a little bit, because I was like, I'd like, you know, he did a half-decent job at Wolves, and I thought maybe he can get Doherty to actually perform. Um, but yeah, obviously, that was, I was massively... So I was a bit guarded. I was a bit guarded, like, you know, he's come from Japan and Celtic. But he's just that, he's got that aura about him. He's got, uh, and he's got Spurs manager written all over him for me. He's put, you know, he's he's just so cool and calm. And, and I think Poch in his pomp was was very similar, was very player orientated, was very, you know, like unearthed players and gave them responsibility and put faith in them. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, yeah, I suppose I am a bit surprised, but not as surprised as maybe you think I should be. I don't even know if I've answered the question. I'm just, I'm just rambling. <laughs> Barnaby, <laughs> of course, you, you, uh, you were on Spurred On when uh, we were doing well under Pochettino and, uh, you know, when he came in, how would you... How would you describe Ange Postacoglu's appointment um, against Pochettino's appointment and the way that they transformed the clubs? Because Pochettino, of course, transformed Tottenham, but it wasn't this quick. No, he actually took about six months, didn't he, where he gave a chance to the kind of older guard, your Soldado, um, Adebayor, um, Yunus Kabul. I think even Yunus Kabul may have got the captaincy. And then after about six months, he bombed them out. And there were lots of stories about how kind of the younger... The younger up-and-coming players led by Kane with Andros Townsend and some of those players, uh, Ryan Mason, were being louder in the in the dressing room. And so he kind of turned it around that time. And of course, there was the famous uh, Harry Kane free kick deflected off the wall that kind of seemed to turn things around. And then the 5-3 against Chelsea on New Year's Day. So, no, it didn't happen in the same way. For me, obviously, the main difference is when Postacoglu was appointed, I think there was a... a a corner of the Spurs fan base who were disappointed. I think they were very much like, we want a big name. We want Nagelsmann. We want, you know, so-and-so. And what has this guy done? He's not even done it in a big league. Anybody can do it at Celtic. You know, Brendan Rodgers won a treble at Celtic, etc., etc. But what I think you have to, and I know this is controversial for me to say, the way you have to give props to Daniel Levy, I think, is that he clearly had an option to bring Pochettino back. He clearly met with, with Postacoglu. And he saw something there that he believed in, in terms of Postacoglu being, I think, what we all see now, which is basically just a normal, believable, honest bloke. And I dare say Postacoglu said to Levy during their interview process, I'm going to play attacking football and I'm going to take responsibility for it. And if I get sacked, it'll be because we played attacking football. And if you look back at all of the stuff I've done everywhere, I've done that everywhere. So it's this isn't me just telling you this to pay lip service to what you feel you need after having three defensive managers this is who I am and how I believe in football and you can see the success I've had the reason I haven't had success in the Premier League with it 
is because I've never been given the opportunity. And that's because he's Australian and no other reason. So I think you you do have to give Levy a, a bit of props in the same way you have to give Levy some props for appointing Pochettino. Now, obviously, the, the counter argument is, were there other first choices? Potentially, there were. They're definitely, I think he wanted Van Gaal back when he appointed Pochettino. And there was certainly a lot of talk about him trying to appoint Arnie Slot back in the summer. So, you know, sometimes you get lucky, you make your own luck. In terms of Postacoglu and why I think it's happened so quickly, I think there's another angle as well, which is those players must just have just been so desperate to enjoy themselves again and to be allowed to play some football, to do what they're elite at. They've got to the elite level because this stuff comes second nature to them. And then to have a manager for 18 months who was literally telling them to go against their own beliefs. Basuma, everybody said it, but it's true. The perfect example. I know, you know, he was silly today, but he's absolutely key for us because his talent as an elite footballer is to take the ball on the half turn while he's got someone at his back in the most dangerous of areas and send them the wrong way and then make 40 yards up the pitch or give it to Madison and make chances through it. And Conte hated him for that. He didn't want him to do that. I bet he saw him in the first training session and shouted at him because that's what he did. And and that's where the strategy of Tottenham wasn't right. We were buying players for a manager who didn't want those players. And the manager didn't want to be there. He was, you know, everyone says it. It's true. He was doing us a favour. Now, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I thought at the start Conte was a great appointment. I even thought at the start that Mourinho might be the right appointment to finally get us over the line. I agree. We've, we've had that four or five years of... What Levy said in the fan forum, it's true. He got carried away. I got carried away. We need a, a win man- manager now, a win now manager, sorry, because Pochettino hadn't quite got us there, having had a few opportunities in finals and semifinals. And it didn't work. And we've got to go back to what we believe in. And Postacoglu is bang on the nose of what Tottenham is all about. And yeah. that's what's exciting, is that we're doing it. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I've been with my girlfriend for four years. I'm so excited at the moment. She's like this. Don't talk to me about Tottenham. I've seen it every year. I'm going, it's different now. It's different now. And she doesn't believe me. She's Brazilian. She doesn't believe me. She's like, listen, in Brazil, we play proper football. Spurs are going to let you down. You're in a toxic relationship with them. Get over it. And I'm like, I promise you, it's different now. It's different now. And I'm desperate for something to happen just so I can prove to her and these other people that it is different. you You need to go for a coffee with someone else. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not but if that's your way of asking Jamie then maybe we can talk after the stream <laughs> Joe let's come to you that was going to be my exact next point you know what is different what is going to be different next because Barnaby's absolutely right we've had good times under Pochettino um, we were top of the Premier League table um, under Jose Mourinho beat Manchester United 6-1 we had some good times under Antonio Conte when he first started even Nuno won his first three Premier League games one nil. Well, the month, didn't he? No, no. Exactly. Um, you know, so we've had some good times. We've seen good starts before. What's going to be different this time, in your opinion? Well, this this guy, Aussies have got something about them, haven't they? These Southern Hemisphere dudes are tough. Um, Realise they're going to be seen as less than their European and South American counterparts. Um, so you know, you've got to be twice as good. It's a bit like you know the argument for black people cracking on in whatever possessions they've got to be twice as good or you know the argument of working class people getting you know you've got to be twice as good in order to, to you know you you end up having to be so good just to just to kind of progress you know um but i've got to come refer back to what barnaby just said i mean i've really had pots at levy and you know he's i think he's, i think he lucked out with pochettino 
and then didn't support Pochettino. In difficult circumstances, we got a new stadium, but didn't support him with the, with a rebuild. Um, and then gets Maureen in and sacking Maureen. I know we've all been over this, but it's first of all just to say the debit side of things with Levy. Sacks Maureen five days before a final, which is crazy, obviously. I, like Barnaby, when we got more, I did think, well, we'd probably win something there. Obviously, that really didn't happen. I was at the Nuno games. I was there with Crystal Palace in Crystal Palace hospitality with them. So I had to stay there after the game and suffer it all and be big in defeat that day. When we, that was the first, I think that was the first defeat that season. We were taken apart by Gallagher in the midfield. He was on loan from Chelsea. But, OK, that's, that's all the faults with Levy. But with, to be fair... With Levy, the stuff's been gone in the background, probably with Paratici. So one of the things that's very different with this era with Ange compared to Pochettino, he's got the best players, the, the, the right kind of players in place. I had some sympathy for, for Levy last year because Conte, so intransient, obviously was telling Basuma, you stand in that position, you get the ball, you pass it wide, you know, um, not allowing him to play. You know, because it's a very fixed Italian mentality. And he would have hated, he probably would argue, he'd hate the side of Basuma's game that sees him pick up all these yellows. Feels you, you know, especially today, would feel the Italian way would be to be a lot craftier. If you're, if you're going to hurt, if you're going to do someone, do them with the blind side of the ref, for, you know, um, and all that stuff. But to be fair with Levy, foundations have been being laid. And we all knew Basuma was a good player because we'd seen him with Brighton. You knew someone just looked the part when you looked at the YouTube videos of him and then had a few glimpses of him. Just thought, it to me, looks like a Patrick Vieira kind of guy, you know, he's really dominant. Is is you know, Vieira was, was a kind of number eight or number six, and he's kind of got that in him. So, there was some good players. The and the re recent recruitment, Udogi, Poro, great signings, Emerson, not actually not the worst signing in the world. The only thing we were lacking was a number 10. And hey, Levy's gone out and sold the club to Madison and Madison really wants to wear the shirt, you know. So I think that's the way, the beginning of it's different. It's a lot more solid. You're giving this guy players he can work with. Players who I think that one of the briefs was with somebody like Adogi or Poro, who both have played as wingbacks as opposed to fullbacks, especially inverted, they would have factored in, are they tactically flexible? And they are. They're tactically flexible. So you're working with players who can just can handle playing triangles all over the park. Um, the right technically proper players who play with a head up, you know. So I think that's that you've got that about it. And it's, so there's, he's got that classic steely thing in him, you know, because it comes to cricket or whatever. If you're facing an Aussie, they're going to be well prepared you know, and they're going to, re they really are very competitive. It must be in the genes when you're sent all the way down now as a convict, you know, you have to get on the ship in the Thames and you're sentenced for stealing a sheep or something, you know, and it breathes them tough down there. I mean, it's my old man, never had a bad word to say. He's a taciturn bloke, my old man, El Alamein, all that caper, never had a bad word to say about the Aussies or the Germans for that matter. Didn't like the Yanks, you know, but the, the, the Australians all used to say you know, in the desert, they're really tough. They just, they, they just never give up, you know. Um, and, of course, they, they, they've got a smartness about them. 
as well, you know. And what I love about this guy, he doesn't, like I said the last time on the programme, I think, Chris, he doesn't come in having to hold hands with all these little mates, with all this pompous thing. They have to bring in the their own fitness coach and the, their own defensive coach and they have to bring in their own interior designer even for the, off, you know, all this rubbish. He just rocks up, confidently can do the job, you know. Um, and that's wonderful. It's like if you're going to produce a record for somebody, you have a bit, I know what this record should sound like. I don't need, you know, the engineer I've always used because, you know, we've just got, because basically that tells me, you know, they won't challenge you probably. So I like the way he just carries himself. He's got the steeliness about him, which as Barnaby said, is very much like Bill Nick. And he's also not your mate. Whereas Potch, who, you know, lovely bloke, but a little bit, maybe a bit too matey in the way Tucci are with, with, with the modern players, and you can't do it. So all this having his lunch in his office will work great. Because if I'm a young player, you don't want the boss about. My band, when I turn up, and I like, like and joke with everyone, but I'm old, and I'm the governor, make no mistake, but when I turn up, my band all like now, all, my missus says, it's funny when you come up, because she works for me, so she said, when you show up, everyone's on their toes a bit. Well, fuck it, sorry, they're good. So they should be. Because we're not playing about. We've got to entertain, you know, people that evening or whatever. We're not there to muck about. It's not a jolly boys outing. We're not there to see how fast we can play and impress each other. We're there to give the people a show, you know. And he's very, very down to earth like that, this guy. So you you know he's a guy. You could bump into him on a tube train. He wouldn't be an arsehole. Very, you know, I don't. I think he's, just, he's a regular, regular fella. And there's a steadiness about him, a smartness about him. Uh, you know, you can trust him. He's at a good age. He's not too old. He's not. He's not getting into his sixties and his seventies. And yet, he's not. For, he's. This is it now. This is really the time he comes in. And look at the assurance he's got. Like a great chef, he's totally assured. Today, they said when um, uh, there was a. It wasn't really much. In fact, it was in a box. Porro went down. Old. He's it. I think he was shit housing a bit probably. And good luck to him. So would I. I like shit housing. It's a good thing to do. And, but it, it wasn't really a terrible foul. But the bench were all up in arms because they're nervous. They're getting near, it's getting near the end of the game. Getting, and he just turned around and shooed them all down, like, calm down. So he's one of the calmest managers I've never seen. The way he handled the VAR nonsense with Liverpool, which I thought was ridiculous, by the way. I know you would have covered that already. I thought it was very disingenuous of Klopp to come out with what he did about, I think there should be a replay. Because that really is a... You know, like... Very dis Imagine if you had a replay, the trouble you could have, you know. So it really is like, you know, not a great thing for him to have said it. But you know, and I've, I've it's like they're not the only club to have ever suffered serious errors, basically, you know. So I thought that was a was was a bit done. And Klopp's a guy I like, but there's a side to him, you know, is, is what I'm trying to say. I suppose where you know, and, and you know, there's a side to as there was with a lot of these managers there. They manage everything. Ange is obviously clever and crafty, but so relaxed with himself, it doesn't really make um, problems with anybody. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, doesn't really make problems or um, very diplomatic, doesn't waste any energy fighting fights he doesn't need to fight. You know, he was so sensible what he said when everyone is clamouring this week for ex-players to be in the in the um in, in the VAR truck and all that stuff and they just said well we, we we don't know half the rules and it's so true there's so many little arcane 
there's an arcane rule side to, to football. You, know, you think this really is still a Victorian sportiness. It's, it, it's quite weird when you get into minutia of the of the of the rules, which even ex-players don't know. You know, so uh, you know, and I'm not I'm not going to you know try to slag Liverpool off or Klopp off. I would have been disappointed. Make, but I'm making a comparison. You know, Klopp. There's a side there. I think with him. You know, it's very competitive, and you know. It, it, those guys like Maureen would always be thinking tactically of uh, of their own position, always, you know, p- putting pressure on the next ref in a way, putting pressure to get the result. Whereas this guy, breath of fresh air, that he doesn't seem to do that. To actually, I've never heard a, a, a professional manager these last few years be so emphatic with the referees, you know? I thought that was really uh, very rare. And, and actually... Very crafty, maybe in a way, because you know the best thing you can get is just be seen as a very neutral kind of way. Whereas you know, rather than some of those refs may be thinking, you know, if I'm a ref, I'm going out to to you know manage a game with Liverpool for the next few weeks. I'm going to be really nervous. Every you know, oh for God's sake, we mustn't get this wrong, or we're going to really be criticised terribly. You know, um, you know. But um, anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. You have to be. Come on, as he said, you know, you, he's not there to smash people's dreams. Ange, when he was asked about, you know, should you manage expectations, you can't help but feel very solid about this and be positive and optimistic without going crazy. So the you, the question you asked me, what's the difference now? Well, it's a lot more solid ground to start with. The players are better, and to give Levy some some praise, you know. He knows it's about having a philosophy. and They use the word alignment, don't they, now? That everything's in alignment. Even you, you sense that the academy, which obviously had, you know, won a couple of the titles last year, but they also got relegated as well, one of the one of the age groups, which seemed a bit strange. It was, it was the under-21s. It was the under-21s that got relegated and then they uh, restructured the league and they've won eight out of eight so far playing the same system that of the Cogley plays, so it's incredible, really. What, it's what coming into a lot. It's coming into alignment. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamie, let's come to you. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, um, the summer signings because, as Jar mentioned there and touched on, every appointment that has been made under Postecoglou, every new player that has come in, has made a real impact. And even yeah. players like Eric Dyer, where I think it's fair to say. You know, many mistakes uh, from Eric Dyer in recent years. We were all frustrated. We were all talking about, you know, certain players going out the door, Davinson Sanchez, etc. Um, a lot of them have gone out. Eric Dyer, he hasn't had a look in this season. Um, it's amazing what transformation uh, that he's actually um, that he's actually done at uh, the football club so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think what he's done, what I've really liked is there hasn't been any panic. Um, and I think that's real key. And obviously... They knew they were getting the cane money. They knew there was a lot of money coming in. So there could have been a big clamour and a panic as we did with the Gareth Bale money years ago. And we just literally, you know, just chucked it away. Um, the signings have been... Well, firstly, I think apart from... I feel like we've had more signings because I think the likes of Basuma, Sar, as I said before, to reiterate, the trust and responsibility is given those players who were already there. They feel like new signings. It feels like we've we've got... Um, I've got to say, I wasn't a massive Pedro Porro fan when he first came in. I thought he looked fine going forward. Uh, I had question marks about his defensive abilities. Um, he's turned him around. Like I, I'm eating my words. Um, 
because I was like, I didn't really see it. I thought it was a waste of money. I thought it was a panic buy from Conte. I was like, you know, we were just trying to get players through the door. So it feels, first of all, like we've, we've, some of the signings we've already had feel like they've been brand new signings because of what he's done. Um, is just a spur player. I mean, he's 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 just got Tottenham written all over him. You you wonder why he's he's, he's taking this long because he's just the way he plays the game, the way he wants to play the game, the fans, his relationship with the fans. Like you know, he's exactly what we've needed. It's a real shame. Um, I don't know if you remember a player. There was a player called Harry Kane that used to play for us. Uh, I'm not sure what's happened to him now, but it's no real, one's mentioned real... him, though, are they? No, no one Sorry? mentioned him. Well, I and I I think it was Barnaby said earlier. I think today was the was the day where we did miss him. I mean that we were three we'd be three four goals up in that situation. And and my only sort of slight worry, I'm still I'm still hoping and praying to the Spurs gods that Richarlison finds something and kicks on and takes his opportunity because I I kind I like him. Um, I think he he wants it to happen. He just he needs to you know he looks a bit sulky. He's starting to look a bit sulky again today I think he shows glimpses and he's got a real opportunity and I really I do really want him to take it but I think that's that's one of my concerns I think is where our goals we look a little bit at certain times we're trying to overplay a little bit too much in and around the box we're a little bit trigger shy I thought against Liverpool you know when we they went down to nine men we didn't quite know how to to put them under pressure and to really pull the trigger so that's that's one of the only little negatives but in terms of the signings I think Brilliant doggy, I think, is is superb. Um, I know it's Udogi, but I can't like Doggy down. Um, I think he's like, I mean, again, you know, he's someone that's been there and thereabouts, and, and he's just, he, you know, I have to say as well, I went to the Shakhtar game and Vicario looked like a nervous wreck. And I said to my mate, I was like, I'm not, yeah, I don't know, he just lacked. I don't know if you remember, but the first sort of 15 20 minutes, he looked really shaky, really nervous. He pulled out a couple of big saves in that game, but I was like, yeah, I'm not secure. But again, I'm eating my words. He's, he is properly taking his opportunity. And just hit as as I was um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it comes down again to uh, the manager putting comfort. I think as a, as a, it seems quite simple, but it's what Poch did and it's what Andrew's doing. You, you're putting responsibility, you're giving players responsibility, you're giving them the trust. Going, listen, you're my guy, go and play. Um, and don't worry about it. And that's all it is. I run my sons under 19. And that's what I try and do with them. You want to shout and scream, and I do, don't get me wrong. And I want them to do this. But the main thing I've got to do is just go and play. Um, and keep a freedom, keep a sense of freedom. And know that the sword of Damocles isn't hanging over you if you make a mistake, which is what we had with previous managers. Uh and so, yeah, I think I think the signings are, are, are turning out to be great. I mean, we'll see where we're at. You know, one injury, I'm, I think, will really test us if Madison or someone like that gets injured. Um, I still think Sonny needs to go up a couple of gears. I think he, I think he's scored a few goals, but I think he, he's got more that he needs to to give a little bit. The Liverpool game, I think he was a little bit off it, and then he pops up with a goal. So, yeah, it's a great start. We'll see what happens. But so far, so good for the signings, for sure. Barnaby, let's come to you. Let's talk about the lineup today. Of course, it was an unchanged team uh, that beat Liverpool last weekend. Um, Vicario in goal, Pedro Porro, Romero van der Ven, Udogi, Sava Suma, Kulisewski, Madison Richarlison and Hunmin Son. Subs today, 
Skip, Hoybier, Brian Hill was back for Tottenham. Um, Emerson Royale, Eric Dyer was back for Tottenham. Giovanni De Celso was back for Tottenham. Forster, Davis and Vilez. Um, the starting 11 had to be, didn't it? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I did a match preview on the Spurred On podcast this week and I said I expect it to be that. I didn't see anything else changing it. I predicted that Hill uh, would make his kind of first appearance on the bench. And did you say Lo Celso was on the bench as well, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Really? And, um, uh, and I, I just think... We don't have many more options in terms of first team at the moment. Now that Brennan Johnson's injured, I thought he looked bright on his debut at the Emirates and he will give us another option. Uh, I think Jamie's right. I don't think Son's at 100%, but I do think he's carrying a bit of an injury and that's kind of what makes it bizarre that he's going off to South Korea to play a couple of meaningless friendlies, but he is Barnaby, the face. Of I felt that he looked absolutely exhausted today. That is my view. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is tired and I... But I also understand he is the face of of South Korean football, so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if if a couple of years ago when he did his uh, national service, but it was only like three months rather than the usual two years, there was some kind of you know verbal agreement that he would be going to all of the friendlies unless completely injured, because otherwise it makes no sense that he's going away at all. But yeah, I think him and Madison are being taken off at seventy five minutes, seventy minutes each game because they are. Not 100%, but we need them. We need them in that spine, uh, especially Madison at the moment. I mentioned it earlier. It will be interesting to see how we do without Basuma in the next game. I think it does change us. We were going so much more direct second half. I know we were down to 10 men, but I think also the opposition realised that they couldn't, they didn't have to, you know, have, they didn't have someone in that position, um, central defensive midfield, who was going to break past them. So Fulham and under Marco Silva in the next game, he will um, he'll do a job on that. And you've got to assume it'll be Hoiberg taking that place. I don't think Benton could be anywhere close by then. So we will be a little less, you know, three dimensional at that point. That'll be that'll be di difficult. Um, but you know, you mentioned new signings earlier. Uh, I think they've all done really really well. I have to say, Vicario. I'm a, a goalkeeper. I was a goalkeeper in my time. Vicario. I heard someone on a, a podcast this week one of the one of the general football podcasts say uh, I'm an Arsenal fan and I never rated Lloris uh yes he would make the the odd amazing save but he'd throw one in at the same time and uh now that you've got a now that Spurs have got a competent goalkeeper who just seems to play like seven or eight out of ten every game that worries me as an Arsenal fan and I agree he's good in the air he's a good decision maker 
He's making some important saves and obviously very good with his feet, which is vital for Ange's side. So I think that's been a great a great signing. Van der Ven, obviously. I mean, this is something I said earlier in, in my podcast this week as well. For the first time in a long time, it just strikes me that I think the scouting team and the data analysts are bringing players to uh, Postacoglu and he's just going, well, if they're what I need in the right position with the right attributes, then yes. And if not, no. And Van der Ven's a perfect example. Romero is a great defender, but he needs someone with blistering pace alongside him because he will get caught further up the pitch. And Van der Ven's turn of pace is vital. And they are looking, I know somebody mentioned it earlier, but they are looking like an unbelievable centre-back partnership. They really remind me of like Vidic and Ferdinand, but where both of them have got half of Vidic and half of Ferdinand in them. They've got the dog, but they've also got like the kind of finesse on the ball as well. Um, Van der Ven looks a bit... um, he looks a bit uncomfortable in the ball, but he's actually not. It's just like he's got a weird gait the way he runs, I think. But uh, no, very, very impressed with the signings. And Destiny Udogi, wow. I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think Jamie was saying he didn't he didn't think much of Pedro Porro when he first came in. I think we were all kind of led to believe that these players were were bought for Conte as wingbacks. And the reason why I think they're doing so well is not only because of the man management of Ange, but also clearly. They're being coached incredibly well and they're being allowed, as I mentioned earlier, they're being allowed to play the way that made them so talented and made them get to the elite level in the first place. So, yeah, it's very, very exciting. I just want to mention one thing because it hasn't come up yet, I don't think. The dry pitch, which was mentioned quite a lot on commentary by Jermaine Genus, I thought it was a pretty smart tactic by Luton. I think they obviously didn't, they didn't water the pitch and Spurs always play on lovely watered pitches and you could tell a lot of those chances in the first five ten minutes we got Richarlison I think had two or three Poro had one the ball was always slightly caught under their feet and yeah Richarlison one of them was was uh, a good save but it just wasn't flowing the way it does on most Premier League pitches and that was pretty smart of Luton and and it was a bit of a throwback to the 80s and like Cambridge United's leaving the grass long in the corners of their uh of their pitches I think under John Beck it was and uh, it was, it's actually quite nice. I mean, I can say it now that we've won. It's nice to see different clubs doing different things. And it's nice to see a ground like that. And it's especially nice because we went there and turned them over. Yeah. I hope you saw the video that I put out Barnaby of the, uh, of the away end, of, of, of going in up those stairs and seeing the like, the washing and the... Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm saying... It was back gardens, yeah. Every, um, not, to diminish, not to diminish your genius, Chris, but every single week I've seen that video from the away fans, or every other week from the away fans. But yeah, it's yeah. it's unique and, and long may it continue because you remember that there was that period in the 90s where basically there were just identical stadiums being built, Middlesbrough and Derby, and you don't need that. You, you, what no. what makes this different, the, the Premier League different, is that the culture is there and the tradition and the history is there and we need to stick to that where we can. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning on the, on the signings. I think, Romero, the corner that he's turned, I think is a, it was definitely worth a nod. I've always I've always loved him. I you know I was a centre half, and I love a big tackling, strong, tough centre half. But he was like kamikaze last season. It was nuts, and and the, the discipline that he's now showing, whether that's Ange, whether that's him, whether he's I don't know whether he's sort of settled into the to the Premier League a bit more. But he, he deserves a mention for that because he's he's uh, he stepped up. Do you, do you think it is because he is now vice-captain, Jamie? Do you think that Andrew's getting that little bit more out of him? Because even after today's game, he said the defensive display today was a big part um, of that was Romero. He is an outstanding defender, someone you want in your team, ridiculous bravery. 
And then he was asked a question in the press conference um, a short while ago um, about uh, Messi um, saying about him being the best defender in the world. And Postacoglu replied, he's a good judge. Um, but I think, you know, ever since, I think that's a masterclass from Postacoglu to give Hunmin Son the captaincy and then say to Madison and Romero, you're vice captains. And it's like you've got real leaders. You've got a number of leaders yeah. on it. I've, yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think giving him that responsibility, um, you know, you've got to lead by example. Um, and I think he was he was another one. I, well, as soon as he came in, I loved him. As soon as he as soon as he he put the Spurs shot on him, I loved him. I love his aggression. I love his front foot defending. I think you know he's he's got that brilliant dramatic recovery. You know, he takes the ball, the man puts everything into Rose Ed. You know, proper old school. But he can also play. He's also very comfortable with the ball at his feet. And I just think he was one of those players that got lost, frustrated and lost um, last season. And it came out with, you know, some absolutely horrendous rush of blood to the head moments. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a, it's a masterstroke giving someone like that, you know, the vice captain's armband um, and giving two people, two very different players as well, I think is a really clever thing. Not just putting it on one shoulder. So, so essentially, you've got three players, um, three very different players, who we're going right? There's a you know we're getting our Tottenham back, and it's down to you guys to to lead us. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that has got a lot to do with it. Can I just say quickly? I really get the sense from Romero that he's trying to he, he gets the feeling that this project is similar to that project he had with Argentina to win the World Cup, and he's like, yeah. can we get together this um, camaraderie and this teamwork and and all that celebrating when they're making tackles and celebrating after games in front of the crowd? It's it's just those little. 1% here and 1% there. And I really feel like he believes in it. And I think, and I hope not to be proven wrong, I don't think there's any chance of him coming back from international duty half injured these days like he was. I think last season he didn't really care, basically. He was like, I don't like Conte. I'm not enjoying this. I'm going to get injured, pretend to be injured, and then be not injured just before the international break, go to my Argentina project. And I think now he's won the World Cup and he's like, now I want to win this here. I'm feeling it. I'm believing it. And with Kane gone, he's now up there with the biggest men in the in the in the changing room and, and obviously yeah i agree the captaincy thing just another example of Postacoglu just being like a normal smart bloke sees it as i would think normal common sense smart blokes would and yeah. doing smart making smart decisions he doesn't have to play alongside sanchez either that probably, probably do you not. mean sanchez man of the match in the champions league against manchester united in the week forget that Forget that. Yeah, yeah. Forget that. Speaking of which, should say Man well, United, but, but, Man United mean, currently 1-0 down to Brentford at home. Yeah, they are. Jensen scored. But Sanchez played very, very well, but he did slip over for that goal. I so saw that. That was he, very he, Sanchez. He, which, incredibly, he looked so graceful through the game and then ends up doing, just falling in such a weird way straight on his, on his boat race again. Yeah. Do you know what though, Barnaby? I absolutely love that where you talk about um, you know some of the players celebrating, like Vicario celebrating a save and Pedro Poro celebrating uh, winning a corner and little things like that. And the players, the way that they look at one another, the way that they smile at one another, they, this togetherness is just something I've never seen as yeah. a Tottenham fan. I know we had great times under Pochettino, but I've never seen moments like that. I know we had you know good times with Harry Kane, Deli Ali, and Ericsson and Co, but it was never like that. Um, John, let's come to you because Jamie and Barnaby have both touched on it already. And I remember um, talking to you, I think it was after the Lion City Sailors game in Singapore. And I asked you the question, if Spurs sold Harry Kane, would you be happy with Richarlison being our number nine? You answered yes. How 
how do you feel Richarlison has got on so far this season? Of course, he's now playing out on the left. Hunmin Son's playing through the middle. Is that his best position? What is his best position? Well, he's not a postiga. Let's be fair. You know, he's not. He's not. You know, poster. He's not like Postman. He's not Harry Kane. But he's he, his own player. He was a, a fool in everybody's side when he was at Everton. I didn't think. I my, my you know, a couple of my mates were saying to me after the um, Liverpool game he was useless. I thought we had a seven out of ten game myself in that. He's quite good coming off the left. Today I felt for him with that first chance. It was one of those ones. It comes at pace that high. Do you head it? Or, you know, obviously an, an elite striker on top of their game would make it look easy. They just either die. They, they would have made their, sec, their mind up that nanosecond yeah. earlier done one or the other. Harry Kane has quite, that. Yeah, that's right. He, he would. He, that's exactly right. Kane, and that's the difference. But he's. Um, I, I was. I was really. I really wanted Kane to go. Because, as you probably know from that episode, it upset one or two people, I think, you know, me saying that. But I really wanted him to go because it's just, it's like a big drama and you don't need it around the club. And there's no no criticism of Kane at all. So, you can't have Roy the Rovers. You stopped Kane, you stopped Tottenham for starters. It was just, it's better for Postagulu to be able to have a, 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 a clean canvas to paint on, really. And, and how well we handled that playing him in that Shakhtar game, you know, and ready to go whatever way it went. And But the last knockings, he hasn't got in, and he just gets on with it. So I think Ricardoson are coming. I don't really think we've played to Ricardoson's strength yet. If he's going to play number nine, we you need to get round the back and, and get the ball, get crosses in. That's where we'll get most of his goals. And it, it'll be a pain for defenders. He'll, you know, keep them busy. So I still think he can do it. Obviously, he's got that be optimistic about that but as soon as we bought this the young boy from Blackburn the defender and this Valise that the, the Argentinian guy that came on again today and I just had a feat which I think I might have said to you at the time I think he's buying them or certainly was saying to people he'll 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 be looking to play them they'll be part of the squad they, they won't be loaned out or just sitting with the under 21s if they if they're training well they'll get a game and who knows you know, he could come on and be a revelation. You know, he's 20, but he's not 18, he's 20. And he must have something about him better than possibly than players like Dane Scarlett and Parrott for him to be in this position where he's being brought on to play. Because surely if, you know, but maybe it was already scheduled for those other guys to go out on loan. But he, he'll be, I think he fancies him to do a job. Ricardoson will find out. I mean, he's not done terrible, has he? You know, his he's, he's record's probably comparable with a lot of, comparable with a lot of uh, number nines. You know, he's got a couple, two or three goals and two or three assists, you know. Um, so he's, it's not like he's not contributing, but I still think he can do a job. Come come January, there might be a couple of big decisions to be made, you know, because it, it's possible a guy like that, somebody like Real Madrid, I would have thought, you know, a lot of those big... Spanish clubs, the, the in Italian, the few that can still afford halfway decent wages, would see him as a very viable player for their leagues, Ricardoson. So something could happen, but who knows? But I would still think he can, he can do a job. You would rather him in the number nine, then, uh, Joe? Would you rather them out on the left? Well, I thought playing him out on the left against Liverpool made sense today. Starting in there kind of made sense, but then then you start to kind of feel. 
you know, today was a game where it might have favoured because Son didn't really have a sniff. I would have personally looked at, to have changed it 20 minutes, 25 minutes in, put Son out left and put Ricardoson through the middle, you know, just just rotated him a bit. Because I think if you, you, you put him there, if you're if you're gonna get dominate possession and get balls in the box, he's your man. There's gonna be times when you're playing against like Sheffield United, you got the header from the corner. You know, it could easier just been a header from across. So in those kind of games, you do need a bit of the battering ram. You know, you, you need to play the percentage game a little bit, you know. And by the way, you know, by the way with that last against Liverpool, where we had the other last minute goal and everyone that I had a few pundits and people saying, Oh, Tottenham didn't I had Gary Neville, they they did what they what they should have done, right? What they should have done was this and that, but they didn't. But it doesn't matter. We found a way. And all you can do is just is just get dangerous crosses in. If you've got dug in, it's not easy against nine men. It would have been like, you know, you, you're attacking Iwo Jima. Oh, this is no problem. There's only about 200 Japanese geezers all dug in up there. So just go and take the hill. Well, they're really dug in and they're determined. So against well-organised defences, dug in and, and, and playing in a very determined way, it's difficult. And sometimes... Someone like Ricardoson can, can be there. It, to me, he's got something that a Benzema about him as a number nine, doesn't it? The, the way, the nature of some of the headers he gets and stuff. So, yeah, he can definitely do a job. you just got to give him the right service. You, you got, we're at our best when we're getting behind teams, you know? And it's not easy to get behind teams. But look at all the goals today. Pullback, again, against um, Burnley. There was the, a, a pullback, wasn't there? Um, against Arsenal, it's a pullback. You know, they're pullbacks, a lot of it, you know, the, the goals. So you need to get behind teams and and against well-marshaled defences. And we will face those in the, coming, in the coming months. I don't see why he can't be the number nine and you just have to get behind and get the quality of balls in. Because can you think of another number nine who's going to be much better than him in the air or much better than him with, with one-touch finishes and stuff when he's, when he's on it, as he did with Ever Everton? I can't. So it's a very much about the quality of the service that you give him as a number nine. When you're away from home, like in the Burnley away game early this year, you're much better off to have Son, you know, because Son's movement, I remember that when Kane wasn't there, Son comes into his own. All this nonsense, Maureen was saying he scored because he always got to say something, you know, try and be so clever. He scores like a striker because he's not a striker. Well, actually, he's a striker all day long. He's more like Mick Shannon used to be, you know, for, for, for Southampton. Great movement across the line. So do you remember in the Champions League running when Kane was injured, Son was a very effective player because he's, he's, his movement's superb. When you give him up that whole front area to run, he's more of a striker than a winger for me. Having said that, there's games like today where I would personally think he'd, he'd be do better out on the left, cutting in. Because they're not, with all due respect to Luton, they're not the best team in the league. And they're the kind of player, he could come in, he could, you know, he could come in on his right. Or at least he can get down to the byline and put a hard cross in, you know. Um, but today he didn't really have that physical presence there, you know, um, to do much. But as against Liverpool, we found a way. And that's what... We all know that's what winning teams do, and we know the margins are, are, are very narrow. It's like the Argentinian team. They Argentinians find a way 
they find a way to to win. And you know what? It doesn't really matter what we all if we. I'm sure we're all secretly thinking we could go all the way. Could we win the league? Is that bad? Am I being crazy? Well, it doesn't I'm matter not- what we. Doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the players think. And I betcha, I betcha, that likes Romero and Madison is on the QT saying to each other, we could do that this year. If we just keep taking this a game at a time, we could do something, yeah? I just think one or two injuries would really derail this Tottenham Hotspur team. And I don't want to be negative. I I think I just should be realistic and and not getting carried away with it yet. You know, I, I'm loving this football and I'm loving the way that we're playing at the moment. I didn't say we're going to win the league. All I said was some of them players I know. will be having yeah. converse, which is what we want them to be having, yeah. rather than in, in, in over the years in the noughties, especially when they'd be talking after defeats, heavy defeats in London derbies, talking about what nightclub they were going to. So, you know, at, at least now we're, we're, we're getting on the kill. But you never know. If we get through to January, Chris, we might plug those holes. You know, I'm not. If Lo Celso stays, I've got every confidence in him as a backup number ten. By the way, you know, mm. yeah, Ben is coming back. Remember, but it's a fine balance. You don't want too many players, unhappy people, stinking the place out. Yeah, you, know, you don't want too many in the squad. You know, Jamie, let's come to you. Um, of course, Richarlison had a couple of chances in the first ten minutes, as did Pedro Porro, that we've touched on already. Um, yeah. Tottenham had another shot in the tenth minute. Um, Hunmin Son this time over the bar. Um, shortly after that, the Spurs away end was singing There's Only One Darren England. A uh, bit of a joke there about last week. Um, in the 16th minute, Mickey van der Ven had a shot over the bar. Um, a minute later, Kulisewski had a shot. It was blocked, come out to Hunmin Son, held by the goalkeeper. Two minutes later, Richarlison with another shot, this time over the bar. Um, I just wanted to touch on Richarlison again, because at what point are you going to get frustrated as a Spurs fan that he's not putting some of these chances away? And I, for, for me... And I really want it to work at Spurs for him. And I feel like I've defended Richarlison so much. Mm. Surely he's got to be getting some of these chances on target, at least. Um, because the amount of times we have seen, particularly during pre-season and the game so far, and of course last season, you know, him missing, yeah. uh, going wide, going over the bar, surely he's got to be doing better. He needs to put a Brazil shirt on underneath his Spurs shirt because he seems to do it when he's in a Brazil shirt. But... Um... I'm already frustrated. I, I, I want it to work for him. It was, it's tailor-made, Kane going. You know, we paid a lot of money for him. I think I think we have to play him through the middle. I think we have to play him as a number nine. I don't think he should be coming in off the side. I think he's good. His hold-up play is decent. He's obviously good in the air. We can feed balls into him. I think we've got to give him... We've got to give him his opportunity, his full opportunity. I think that's for me. But I think... Hand on heart, do I think it's going to work? No. Do I think he's going to end up going? Yes, I think he. I think uh, I just don't. I just don't think. I think it. I think that today was a real was a real signal that I just don't think it's it's going to go for him in a in a Tottenham shirt. He's not going to be the player that we want him to be. We need him to be. You know that that first opportunity that goes in the back of the net. You know if you if the luck's but there's something about that goal to be fair because Luton missed loads of chances in that same goal. So I don't know what was going on at that end. But with no one could see the score at that end. Jamie, can I just add something quickly? Sorry, I've got my cousin and one of my best mates are huge Everton fans, and they and and as you know, they they adore Richarlison at Everton. Yeah, they both say that his best work for them was coming off the left. And really? I have to say, yeah, and I have to say, including this game, I know he missed those chances, and it doesn't look good, and 
you know, goals are all and everything. But I think he makes better chances for himself and gets in better positions coming in on the, off the left. And I do think that the pressure is off him slightly more. I think I honestly think one of those was just a really good save. And as I said, the, the kind of dry pitch didn't help. But yes, he should have scored more goals than he has. But I think yeah. if he could if 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 he could just like notch a couple, you know, two and two and five games or whatever, I think he can I think it can happen for him. I think we've got to be a bit more patient. That's all I'm thinking. I, th- yeah, I, mean, I, I think the problem with him coming off the left for Tottenham, I don't think he's enough of a wide player um, in the way Manor Solomon or somebody, you know, I think that's, I, I, I don't think he'd be the first choice out left in a lot of games. That's that's the problem because he, he wants he wants a guy getting chalk on his boots all the time, Postagulu, I think. You know? that's, I don't think that's what we need him to be. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. Ever, Everton's a different prospect. I actually saw his debut at Everton. I was up there, he had a pre-season friendly against Valencia and I was doing a job in Liverpool and I went to the game and he looked absolutely superb. I'm thinking about it. He was sort of coming in off the left, but I don't think that's what we need from him. That's what I mean. And so, therefore, I think we need him to be. Uh, we need him to be a target man. We need him to hold up play. We need him to bring players like Sonny on. We need him to to, to do that job for us. Um, I think. I, I think the good news is, if he's not right, I think Postecoglou will sell him very yeah, quickly. I, I, do. I, I don't think. I don't think. And I think Jar said earlier on, I think there would be takers as well. And we'd lose a bit. Of, we'd probably lose 20 million on him. But I think we'd still get 40. And if Poscogli doesn't like, doesn't think it's going to work, then I think he'll bomb him out and not just stick, him, stick it for he, his sake. He, he seems to be the sort of player as well. You, he'll end up going somewhere and, and scoring 30 or goals. Like, he's one of those. I just think if it's not, you know, he, is, he does look a bit sulky. I think he gets, I think he gets... He gets looked down. I thought he looked down today. I thought he looked a bit, you know, down in the chops today. And he's the sort of guy that needs that. And he'll go off and he'll go to Madrid and he'll, he'll score 30 goals and win the Champions League. You know, it's one of those. Um, we do have a little bit of habit, I suppose, over the years of uh, turning top prospects into... Yeah. I, I, actually, I actually think he's one of those players that needs to be the main man. Like, I think yeah. at, at Everton, at Watford, he was the key guy. Oh, my God, if we're going to do it, it's Richarlison. And I think yeah. he's coming to this situation where, you know, Harry Kane last year and this year, you know, it's more but of a I, team I'm, thing. I'm surprised. That's why I'm surprised. Because I thought with Kane going, I mean, I was gutted Kane going. I, I'm not with Jar. I didn't want him to go. I know that it hung over us and all that, but I was gutted. I haven't felt. I felt like it was a breakup. In fact, I actually said to my wife, "I think it would have been easier if you'd have left me than Harry Kane going." And I and I stand by it. I, I could have got over it. I could have had some. But Harry Kane leaving, I've got a seven-year-old son who's kicking off downstairs. But it, it, you know, to break the news to it, it was awful. But but I did seek a little bit of solace in the fact I was like, "We've got a replacement. We've got a top world-class striker in our ranks that we've already got. This is his opportunity." I had a sneaky feeling that he would. He would go and be our man. He would, he would be our talisman. And he just hasn't stepped up. And I don't know whether that's a mental block for him. I don't know what it is. But he just, I think personally, if he was going to do it, he'd have done it by now. Well, it, it might be the curse of Tottenham because every time we've bought a number nine or a striker, yeah. it doesn't work out. So, you know, you can go, I think Jar mentioned Postigo. You can go Soldado. <laughs> you can go Vincent Janssen. Richarlison hasn't happened yet. The yeah. only striker that's worked out in the last decade or two is, is Harry Kane. So, yeah. Sergio Rebrov, yeah. do you remember him? Sergio, Sergio Rebrov, yeah. yeah. Darren Ben. 
I was there. Was, I was uh, there when Red Rob scored at Main Road. Do you remember the one 0 away? I think that was about the only goal I can remember him scoring. And that, that, show, that tells you that I was there when Red Rob scored. That tells yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was. I'd say the last, the last success, big success, genius was Berbatov, wasn't it? Really. I mean, obviously Robbie yeah. Keane and Defoe before him, but well, you Berbatov know what I had a soft spot for Pavlichenko. Yeah, yeah. He, got, he, he got a few goals. Like didn't run about as Harry Kane, as Harry yeah, exactly. Just go on and run about. Yeah, Barnaby. One thing I want you to talk about in the twenty-third minute, um, Hunmin Son with a sliding tackle. You don't normally see Hunmin Son doing sliding tackles. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I remember it really well. Actually, I think I made a note of it. Uh, and Bissouma did exactly the same thing in the last game as the last man covering against Liverpool. And it just shows exactly what we've been talking about: all working for each other. They, it's almost like they are getting as much joy out of a tackle as they are out of an assist and a goal. And you need that. And especially when you're underdogs going up against your Man City and uh, Chelsea and Arsenal and, and Liverpool and big clubs who have got all the funds that we are not having, that we don't have or aren't using. So that's where, you know, I know the discussion we had earlier about, you know, could we, could we? I mean, I agree. I don't think we will, but I think we'll definitely be in the in the run for the top four. But I also think Danny Drinkwater and Robert Huth have Premier League winners' medals. And that is totally on the back of this kind of mad, suddenly something comes together that you didn't expect to come together. And there's kind of a first 11 that is a proper team. And then you've got Ogasaki coming in or, you know, Ojoa coming in just when you need them or something, although they're not very good players. And I think we've got a better squad than they ever did. I think Man City are stronger than Spurs or Arsenal were back then. But strange things can happen. And I had a. I was on one of these podcasts um, back in uh, 2018, 2019, towards the beginning of the season. We'd had a not a great start. And I said, it wouldn't surprise me if we went really deep into the Champions League, but we don't do great in the league. And this season, it wouldn't surprise me if we were there or thereabouts at the end. But I realise it's easy for me to say that now because we're top of the league at this point. But there's just something brewing. That's all I'm going to say. There's just something brewing and it wouldn't be a big surprise. I agree. But however, the, the reality is as well, you think about the little bits of luck we've had. That Fernandez miss uh, at home to United. Yeah. Obviously last week, you know, the Liverpool game, we, we are enjoying a nice little run of luck and I'm not knocking it because we've had our fair share of being on the other end of that. So had you, if you look back on a few of those games early on, even in this season, you know, that changes results and that changes things. So I, I think that eventually will turn. And we'll start getting a few decisions against us and all of that. And then we'll see what we would go. But, you know, it's just, it's a nice time to be a Spurs fan again. Someone well, just remember that, comments. Remember the, the, Leicester, comments the, Leicester, the Leicester home to, Leicester away to us when we played them at home in that, in that when they won the league that year. And they won 1-0. Yeah, the header, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they we, they had luck on their side as well. I mean, this is yeah. it. What's, be, what's better than having a good manager? Have a lucky one. Ask yeah. Arsenal. You know, like, yeah. the lucky Arsenal of old. You know, I, so, I like the fact know. that Barnaby's getting carried away. I like that. Yeah, well, and and told me I was allowed to, so I'm gonna. If you've got a pattern of eight games, you know you're top of the league right now. Don't get carried away, but you, you, it's equally mad if you take an age. Oh, it was we 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 won't do it. That don't be daft. You know, we, it, the wheel's going to come off. It's bound to. That's also the other extreme position. You just keep taking it a game at a time. I think the players will be fancying the job, yeah. you know, and they'll be vibing it. And that's that's what really matters, you know. And we've all been here. Not, I can't remember us being, you know, looking this good, but there's been times we've been top, 
going into certainly you know early on in October has been three or four times. I think you know it wasn't a team playing this kind of football looking at all. So there's there is something going on, and only a couple of months now to the uh, not even three months to the transfer window opening, which could be crucial for us to plug one or two of those other other gaps. Yeah, yeah. we could we could get Ryan Nelson, Louis Saharan. Oh, so that be back to Levy. That was another, you know, that's another of the debit side of, of Levy for me, you know, when he didn't back. We were two players away. It was so often we've been a cup, just two or three yeah. players away from genuinely challenging. I know a lot, of, a lot of the kind of mediocre to good teams would say that, but we're the classic mediocre to good sort of team that's just been underfunded on the pitch. And, and also... You just, just in those times that you really need it, just when Pochettino really needed it, just when Redknapp really needed it, we, you know, we were given a couple of guys, you know, that, that had been great players, but well by the sell by date by that point, you know. Yeah, hopefully no more club signings coming through the door. Hopefully Andrew's got the uh, decision yeah. uh, overall. Um, Jag, talk me through the. Um, the disallowed Luton goal in the 40th minute because there are a lot of Spurs fans in the away end looking very, very confused. Of course, the ball went in the net. We all looked to the linesman. The linesman didn't have a flag up. We all, we all were confused whether it was going to be a goal or not. What did you make of it? Yeah, it was very strange because I thought it was ballooning over the bar. I always hit the bar. Oh, my God, it's in the net. And I, so I was very concerned for, for, for a little while. But it was an obvious push on Romero, wasn't it? An absolute obvious, you know, he sort of jumped and he pushed him. And it was so there was no way it was a goal, you know. Um the thing, you know, so it was never a goal. So it didn't matter it went in the net. It was never a goal. Um, the thing that worried me more was the uh, that cross to the far post along the deck. And, the, and the, the guy went with his right peg, not the left. Thank God he went with his right, you know. Having said that, Vicario's positioning was perfect. Great body shape and everything. Re- you know, ready to make a wonder save. So, who knows, even if he got it on target. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. Really, he, he really got across his goal well. Yeah, One of the things yeah. that I, I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but really impressed me when we still had 11 men. It's talked a lot about how those inverted fullbacks work when we've got the ball and give us, you know, more people in midfield to overload the opposition and play those little intricate passes. I was incredibly impressed today in the first half with how it allowed us to win the ball back quickly once we lost the ball. Because then there were five, four or five of them around the Luton players and they couldn't handle it. And in that first half an hour, maybe 20 minutes, we, we absolutely dominated using that. And uh, that was super exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought we were just at them. I thought uh, the part was just absolutely hoovering everything up. He was the first there was any, he was capitalising on any dwelling on the ball and all that. I thought, yeah, I totally agree. We, um, yeah, and then Basuma is a naughty boy. But we'll let it off. Well, that's exactly where I'm going to go, Jamie, uh, with you, because uh, Basuma, of course, picked up a yellow card yeah. um, around five minutes before the halftime break. And then just before the halftime break, he picked up the second yellow card. Um, before I ask your opinion on it, um, Ange Postacoglu on Basuma said Basuma made a mistake. He's been brilliant for us all season. Um, it's all about how you react to it. And his teammates made sure um, it didn't lose us. Um, the game. Um, what did you make of the two incidents? I think, I mean, they're two unnecessary. They're two unnecessary situations. He doesn't need to to bring the guy down there. I think he's got better quality than that. 
I don't think, it, you know, it wasn't a last-ditch situation. I think he's obviously just tried. Just, he's young. I think he's, I think he's been brilliant. He's, you know, and I, I, I live in Brighton, so I saw him a lot at Brighton. Um, and I, when I, when we signed him, I was really excited. And for twenty-five million as well, I thought it was, it was a real steal. And then obviously he didn't really live up to his billing. He wasn't given. Now he's been given the freedom. Um, he's excellent. I think he's made mistakes. He's made two mistakes. The second one is embarrassing. You know, I, I think I think if you're going to get sent off, you know, you've got to make it worthwhile. You know, you have to, you've got to commit. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're bringing someone down or if you're, if you're putting in a big tackle or you're mistiming something or whatever, but you can't get a second yellow card for that. I mean, that is, there's no excuse for that. Um, and I think we got away with it because we were playing Luton. You know, if we, if that, if he's doing that against a bigger team with better quality, we'd be made to pay. We dodged a bullet today for sure. Um, but listen, I'm not going to throw the baby out of the bathwater. He's a top player and he's really integral to what we're doing and, and we need him. Um, I, you made the point earlier, Chris, it's going to be really interesting to see how we how we now cope without him. Um, again, I don't think this early in the season, it, this may be a good thing. So we know, you know, how we can strategize with, a, with one of our key players missing. But yeah, he's, he needs to get a bollocking for that, for sure. And he needs to learn and learn quickly. He's picking up too many bookings. You know, to be eight games in and already on a suspension, you know, awaiting one more booking for a suspension, that's, you know, he needs to have more discipline than that. I, I mean, that being said, on the flip side, in this day and age, you can get booked for anything. So it's it's not difficult. And the way he plays, um, the way he, you know, almost, almost Dembele-esque, uh, Musa Dembele asking the way he holds players off and he's so strong and he takes the ball on the half turn. Um, he's going to be liable to to picking up bookings and I will forgive him that, but I won't. That, yellows, that is embarrassing. He needs to hang his head a little bit for that. But Is it, is it one game for the, for the five yellows and one game for the second yellow? Is it two game suspension? He's yeah. got one game suspension uh, for the red card and he's still now on four yellows. So then, when he gets another yellow, he will then be suspended again. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought he no, because he got two yellows today. So he already got one, didn't he? Which means he was suspended. No, it, because when you yellow. get two yellows, it supersedes the first one. So he's oh, still right. on four. So he, because he's got a red card, it's one uh, game for the like the Fulham game. And then yeah. if he gets uh, a yellow card in the next game, he will then be suspended for the game after because he's still on yeah. four. It's a bit like when I used to play. Well, I had one manager, Scottish manager. And if you um, and I used to play non-league football, so we'd get a few quid and all that. If you got bookings, he didn't mind bookings, but if you got booked for dissent, yeah, then you had to spend your your game's wages and put it behind the bar. And everyone, you got the beers in for everyone. He was like, I don't accept it. If you're going to put someone in the in the stands, then I'll accept that. That's fine. You know, you're going to miss time and tackle, but dissent or you know diving is just. I mean that you know. Well, it's in, under, under the circumstances, it's what are you, you know, you've already got a, the first yellow, like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't like you guys threw on goal, there's cover, yeah. sufficient cover, so that's a bit mad, but I could see that's an instinctive thing, so it's annoying, yeah. but, but then going to dive, doing that when you're on a yellow, come yeah. on, you yeah. know, it's disappointing, it's, you know, don't, you're playing Luton, stay on your feet. Yeah, mugging away that's the professional thing to do it's, just, it's the behavior of somebody more like a, a 19 year old rookie than a guy that's got enough games under his belt to be yeah. 
you know. But he'll, he'll learn from it, and that's that's all, you know. Yeah. He's a top player, and he's a top player, a very important player yeah. for us. Um, and so it's maybe good it's this stage of the season as opposed to further down the line. I just, I just wonder what we do, but Bentecure's not going to be ready, so I guess you're going to have people like Madison having to come back. They're going to have to find another way of playing it out from the back rather than... You know, I, just, I think Hoiberg comes in. I think Hoiberg comes in and plugs the gap. Yeah, against Fulham, Chris was there, weren't you, as well, that the, the Caribou Cup, him and Skip, they, they could not get on a half turn at all. Fulham were all over him. And he's just not that guy, Holberg. He hasn't got that in him. No. That's that's the concern. It's at home, though. It's at home. So I think I think Fulham won't be quite as front-footed there. I think they'll be a bit more wary of, of what we can do to them going forward. But, yeah, yeah it will be more difficult. Yeah. Um, Barnaby, let's stay with you. Because at half-time, of course, it was nil-nil. Richarlison went off. Hoybier then came on. Um, in the 49th minute, Tottenham had a chance. Kulisewski crossed to Pablo Matassar, who tried to backheel the ball in. And in the 52nd minute, of course, Tottenham scored their goal. Um, James Madison corner. Um, of course, he then um, had the ball again, um, got it back to Van der Ven. 1-0, first goal for Van der Ven in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. How good has Mickey Van der Ven been in a Spurs shirt since arriving from Wolfsburg? Yeah, really excellent. I think I think everybody's in the summer kind of thought they wanted uh, Edmund Tapsoba more. Um, but again, like I said earlier, I think this is where I really back Postacoglu to know exactly which players he wants with which attributes and and who to prioritise. be interesting to see whether we go in for Tapsoba in, um, in January because, you know, yeah, obviously he brought in the kids from Blackburn, as, as I think Jar or Jamie mentioned. But mm. I get the feeling that that's more one for the future and and obviously similar to missing Basuma next time. If we were to get an injury at centre half, then you are you are bringing in Eric Dyer, and I think since that Barcelona pre-season friendly where Dyer kind of made a couple of errors, I don't think Postecoglou really trusts him, and obviously he's in the last year of his contract as well. So yeah, really really impressed with Mickey Van der Ven. Love the fact that he insists on wearing black boots for matches. He's like a throwback. I love that about him. He looks, and, like, looks like a throwback centre half as well. He's, he does. Recovery pace is better than that, but he looks like an old school upright centre half like yeah yeah really impre- really impressed with him i think he he covers romero really well and like i said earlier i think he's he's better he's better on the ball than probably i expected him to be and i think he's big and he will score goals from set pieces actually especially with madison's delivery um so yeah let's keep him fit let's keep him on the pitch and uh keep those two playing together for sure Charlie, let's come to you i want to get your thoughts on dian kulosevsky's performance today at luton yeah, he's good. I mean, sometimes he's a great outball. So he's our modern day Tony Gelvin. Although Tony Gelvin, who was Russian speaking, by the way, played on the left. They're, they're those wide players, a great outball. He was a very sensible guy, Gelvin. Um, he was maybe one of the foot, almost like an inverted winger. I think he was left footed, but he would turn back in field. He would keep the ball. It was all about the build up. And he's a great outball. Um, got a lovely left peg, you know, when he comes in those balls to the far, to the far post. But. At times, he comes across to me as a sort of bread and butter inverted winger, you know. Um, you know, a kind of six out of ten guy. In some of the home games when he, he gets down the flank and he's one-on-one, it just doesn't quite look to have enough of confidence or enough of a trick in him. You know, he's not quite been as impressive as he was when he that first spell that he had. You know, he's not quite been the same since the injury and all that. But he obviously rates him. Apparently... 
me son reckoned he runs more than any other Premier League player. You said there was a stat saying that, which is true. Um, having said that, he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't seem to bust the gut to get back sometimes, but maybe that's just the instructions he gets. You know, he doesn't come running back with that desperation that Son showed with a sliding tackle today, you know. Um, but, you know, he's a good, obviously, he's a good player. Happy to see him there. I do think once Johnson's fit, he won't be starting every game. You know, I think Johnson would be would be taking that berth on because I, you need a bit, at times we could be doing somebody a little bit more direct, you know. Um, if, if, um, if I can just chip in, I, I like him. I like his work rate. I just think he's too predictable. Yeah. He, 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 bit bread and butter. Bit bread yeah, and butter. Yeah, just constantly cuts inside. He constantly cuts inside. And I think when he first arrived, and no one knew anything about him, uh, you know, he was absolutely ripping people apart, and he was cutting inside. He's picking up some lovely goals, but I think if you're if you're a defender playing against him, you know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to constantly try and cut back, and I think you know, and I think Johnson. I'm excited about Johnson. I'm, I'm went, I went to the Forest home game last year, and I thought he looked outstanding in a very very poor Nottingham Forest team that didn't look like they had any goals in him. He was the only one. And he's got that turn. He's obviously got that pace and he's got that electricity where he will just try and take someone around the outside. And I think with Kulisevsky, he's never going to try and take someone around the outside. He's always And look at that finish. Look at the finish for the disallowed goal against Sheffield United. Yeah. It's a wonderful finish. Yeah. And yeah. But it's nice. It means you're building a base where you've got a guy who can cling wide. That 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 ball when he manages to come inside and cross it to the far post as he did today for the foot that's such an effective ball in, you yeah. Know, we will get goals from that, so it is good. But yeah, if you're a defender facing up on him now, you know the one thing you don't do is let him onto his left. And if you uh, if you get him to his right, he hasn't really got a fantastic ball in with his right. You know, um, you know he he's, he he doesn't seem to get to the line and then cut it back with with real intent, you know, he gets to the lines and he's a little bit fannying about, you know, trying to pick, pick, pick a man out. But on the whole, yeah. you know, it'd be great that the left side, I'm really looking forward to Gill coming back in. I think he could really be a hit. I think he, he was on the bench today, right? Brian Gill. I think he would have played um, today. He would have been, he would have bought him on in that game if it wasn't for the red and the way he had to then, you know, manage the game from then on in. I think he would have played. I think he could be a very important player um, for us, like as this season goes on, because he's he can beat a man, um, but he's also got the great eye for the pass and those triangles and all that. You know, so he's a good, good, flexible player tactically. He's good. So we're in good shape. Just such a drag with his injuries. I thought Perisic was a was a huge miss. You know, the last couple of games. This is the quality of his dead balls, you know, the corners and all that, you know. And by one other thing I'd like to say, I'd like to see Poro get on these free kicks. He could be our Walter Carlos, this geezer, you know. Oh, Benton Core, I'm looking forward to Benton Core coming back. I think he's classic. Yeah. He's got a yeah. lovely, yeah. What, well, he's, you know, he's the most elegant player I've seen at White Hart Lane since Hoddle, you know. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I ask you all about Benton Core? When he comes back, if we get the Benton Core that was playing for us at his peak, who does he replace in this Tottenham Hotspur midfield? He could play. He's a six and eight and a ten. That geezer, yeah, he's a six and eight and a ten. He's that good, Benton could. But who I does think, he replace? I in think Saar. I think Saar automatically it will be Saar. But I, I have to say today, 
I thought Saar's engine and his legs were absolutely vital. Yeah. So it won't be as simple as a lot of fans think, I think. But uh, I agree with Jar in that he, he can fill in for any of those. And the way that Postacoglu takes some of our best players off, which no managers of ours have done for years, shows that he believes in the squad and he believes in the players who are um, who have got the most legs. Chris, I just have to say, I'm going to have to go in a minute. Sorry about that. But uh, it's been brilliant being on. I'm literally on the last question, Barnaby, so I'll start with Top you. Man. Uh, of course, the, the next game is Fulham at home on the 23rd of October. We're going to the international break now. Um, we've only got two games now in October. We've only got three games in November, and then we've got a very busy December, seven matches in the Premier League. Um, now we've got Fulham, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Wolves and Aston Villa. Barnaby, how do you think we're going to get on in those five games, in particular the next game, Fulham at home, um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, I think we're going to beat Fulham at home. I feel pretty confident about that. I know we're missing Basuma, but I think we're going to find a way. I heard someone talk in a podcast this week about how good it would be if we were top of the league when Chelsea come to, to the lane and Postacoglu, uh, sorry, and um, Pochettino. And I'm not, I'm not going to boo Pochettino. I love Pochettino for what he did at Spurs. I think it's unfortunate he's gone to Chelsea, but I also don't think he was left with much choice. Um, but I do think if we won three points against Chelsea and were top of the league already and continued that way, it would be one of those... I mean, every game at the Spurs Stadium is magical at the moment and the atmosphere is amazing. But I think that could be as loud as we ever hear it. So I think we're going to carry on the run. I think Palace away will be difficult. Um, I think if we got a draw at Palace away, I wouldn't be upset. We can win there. They've got injuries, Elise, and I think Eze are injured at the moment and they're their kind of star men. But it will be a tough one. They, Hodgson will get them drilled. But yeah... Chelsea, after that, if we can keep this unbeaten run going into there, I think we'll be top of the league or thereabouts. And uh, let's turn them over to make it a really great day. Barnaby, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. Yep, so I've just started uh, Spurred On again as a podcast. It's a video podcast, so go to uh, me on YouTube at Barnaby Slater underscore to watch that. It's daily, so I'm giving putting out Spurs content every day on there. And if you like audio podcasts, just wherever you get it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, just type into the search bar, the Spurred On podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Looking forward to, uh, to meeting a lot of you. Thanks, Thank you, Barnaby. Thank you so Good much. Looking forward to having you on again very soon. Um, Jarl, let's come to you. Um, of course, Fulham next at home in the Premier League. Um, international break now. Are you worried about more injuries in, during the international Yeah, I mean, I can't stand these breaks. It's just, well, yeah. The worst thing is it's just a dead weekend, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a total drag. So, and of course, you're worried about injuries, especially Madison, the likes of Madison. Yeah, you know. Um, but let's, uh, fingers crossed, we'll get through that. Fulham, yeah, I'm a bit worried about the Basuma thing. He's such a vital player, the way he's been getting on the half turn for the first time this season. We don't have it. But I guess Postigulu will be well ready. He'll be prepared. He'll have a game plan of some kind or another um, in it. But maybe Mark Silva will be jumping ahead trying to predict what that would be. So, it'd be a tough game. They'll, they'll fancy the job. It'll be a tough game. They, they won the day 3-1. The sales are going to be up. But in the position we are with the players we've got and the spirit we've got, you've got to fancy us to do something. And uh, I th I, funny enough, I think it'd be a game Rickarlison might come good in. It'd be one of these home games. He'll suddenly get a brace of goals or something. So, yeah, I think that'd be good. I'm dreading, to, I'm dreading to Crystal Palace at home because I'm playing in Southampton. It's a Friday night kickoff, isn't it? I'm it's a way. Big. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I can't, at the time we're on stage, the game's on. I hate that when it happens. 
Mm. You know, I, I have to phone on stage with a thing off, with a sound off, and uh, keep me eye on it through the gig. But it's just, it's just horrible, you know. But uh, you know, I think you got, you know, Chelsea. They won today. They beat Burnley. They're, 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 I've seen people saying they're terrible. They are. I thought they looked half decent in the games I've seen. They just couldn't score a goal, you know. And they're a young team, and I think he'll, you know, we know what Poch is all about. He'll get them playing well. And that's going to be a big game. But it's a game at a time now. So Fulham, we just have to find a way to beat Fulham. And, you know, then we're really, we're still rocking, you know. Well, Fulham have beaten Sheffield United today 3-1. Other 3pm results. Manchester United beat Brentford 2-1. Everton beat Bournemouth 3-0. And Chelsea won away at Burnley 4-1. Jamie, let's come to you. Um, Actually, Jar, let's get a score prediction from you. Uh, Spurs-Fulham. I'll go. I'll go two-one to Tottenham. Excellent, Jamie. This, how are you this, feeling ahead of um, the? This is Sonny the pug, by the way. Hello, yeah. Sonny. Yeah, <laughs> he's been he's been in all the time. Every time you mention Sonny, he has a little look up. So yeah, that's Sonny. Uh, what a great name. Yeah. And my my mate Brett, I think I have to give my mate Brett uh, a shout out. And my two best mates, Adrian and Brett. And Brett, um, he had the, his dogs called Kane, so we had Sonny and Kane. So <laughs> oh, lovely, yeah. I uh, I chose the right striker. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry, Chris, go on. Yeah, um, your score prediction and uh, your thoughts on the Fulham game in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I, yeah, I think I'm the presumer things have thorn in the side. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited and interested to see how, how Big Ange deals with it and how we deal with it. <laughs> I think, I think we, I think we'll come out 2 0. I think we'll be quite comfortable. The, the, it, well, I mean, Chelsea's Chelsea, they're always a bit of a bogey side. and you never know quite what we're going to get. <laughs> it's got extra spice, obviously, with the Poch thing. But I think the Villa game's the toughest for me out of all of those fixtures. I think they're a really good side, really attacking side. He's got them, Emery's got them playing really, really well. And I think that is a, that's two front-footed teams that won't stop. And I think that's got a lot of goals and, and a lot of high drama written all over it, that game. That's a, that's a tough fixture, that, that Villa one. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, there's no easy games in the Premier League, is there? Well, no, no, we proved that today. Jamie, of course, you were at the Liverpool game, and you go to games quite regular. Um, yeah. Explain to everyone how that how the atmosphere was um, after that Liverpool game, because it, you know the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at the moment, after matches, particularly under Ange, it's like yeah. a party atmosphere now, isn't it? Right from the off, like right from the off, the United game as well. You know, it's it's just a different. It's a different atmosphere as soon as you get to the ground, like outside the ground. Um, we've kind of been rattling around in that big fancy stadium, I felt, the last few seasons. But this time, you know, and I love the fact they bring the guy out with the trumpet and they're making a thing of him, you know, standing there. And, you know, I'm maybe enjoying the rave. Brino Desire. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hate I was... music, but I'm, I'm raving at the end. It's yeah, it's brilliant. But even, even walking down the steps, uh, I sit in the, I'm in the north stand and I'm in the upper stand and walking down the steps after the game that everyone was bouncing up and down on the stairs. My, me and my little boy were there and yeah, it was yeah, just, yeah. it's just brilliant. And right from the off and we've created, it's, it, it's becoming a fortress as it should be. You know, that, that, you know, the south stands designed on the, you know, based on the wall at Dortmund and it's becoming that teams. It is a hard place to come to the atmosphere. We didn't stop singing enough to be fair to Liverpool. I thought their fans were incredible as well. I thought they, they, you know, they were giving it loads. Um, and it just makes for, you know, it just makes the whole thing, like you say, it's just a massive party. And it's so good 
to feel it that way that we've got our Tottenham back. Absolutely, well said. Uh, we and were, Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool. By the way, you know, I was terrified before that game because Liverpool were a great team with a great yeah. gaffer. And yeah. uh, I, you know, I can't believe the amount of people writing Liverpool off in terms of challenging for the title because they're, they're you know, they're not, they don't look far off to me. It's so aggressive in, a, you know, the right way. Yeah, I thought we we shut them up completely. The only the embarrassing thing that happened to me that day, Chris, was I thought I saw you. And so I shouted your name and you ignored me, but it turns out you're <laughs> West End. <laughs> yeah, I got your message saying you've just seen me. I was like, this is not me, it's over the other side. <laughs> it definitely wasn't me. You were you were smoozing, um, you were smoozing in the VIP bit. I was uh, <laughs> I was five mush lads. We were, ho- we were hoping that Ricky Norwood, of course, channel regular and actor, um, was going to join us at the end of this stream. But unfortunately, his meeting has been held up uh, and he's not going to join us. But we do wish him, of course, all the very best for Dancing on Ice yeah. uh, 2023. So that's going to be out soon. But Ricky will obviously be back on the, on the channel again very soon. Um, Jamie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. And hopefully we can get you back on again very, very soon. Um, what are you up to at the moment? And... Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks during the international break, you and I are going to do a, a Q&A uh, talking about your acting career. Um, yeah. What are you up to at the moment? Well, I'm not allowed to say, which is a bit annoying. Um, and I got in tr- Yeah, I got, I've, anyway, I'm not allowed to say I'm, I'm under a lot of NDAs, but I've just finished filming something very exciting, which comes out next year. Um, it's a TV thing. So, and it's been, life's been really, really busy. And I've, uh, I left Corrie last year. And just sort of didn't stop working, which was lovely. Um, and I'm in a film called Gran Turismo, which is out in the cinemas as we speak. And I have opened, me and my wife have opened a cafe in, down here in Brighton called The Green Room. Oh, wow. Which we opened in June. So when I'm not swanning around on uh, big TV sets, I'm uh, asking people how many sugars they want in their tea. So, you know, it keeps me grounded. <laughs> what's, what's the dream job? I've just done it. This, okay. job I've, this job I've just done, I've been waiting for. I've been an actor. I left drama school 20-odd years ago, and I've been waiting 20-odd years for for this job. It's the most, it's the best, biggest and best job I've done. Um, no disrespect to all the other jobs I've done. I've been very lucky. Peaky Blinders and things was, you know, I've uh, I've done some really, really good stuff. But this, this, is, this was different level, so I can't wait for it to come out. I can't wait to be able to talk about it. I'm so rubbish at keeping my mouth shut, and social media is an absolute minefield. So, I'm when would that be? When, when, when can you talk about it? Well, as soon as they announce, there's there's certain cast members they've announced, and then I'm I'm sort of on the list of announcements. So as soon as they announce it, I'll be putting it all over social media. But in the meantime, I've got a I've already had my, my knuckles wrapped a couple of times, accidentally putting a couple of pictures up, which I had to very rapidly take down. So, um, yeah, I've got to sort of keep it zipped. But, you know, you'll be the first to know. I'll, I'll come back on here and, uh, and we'll talk about it. But it'd be lovely to come and have a chat with you um, about my career, my love for Spurs, you know, which which runs very deep. Um, and I've now, unfortunately, infected my son with the uh, the same illness. So, <laughs> the same virus. Well, hopefully, Jamie, the trophies are coming very soon. Hopefully, the success is coming again. Um Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, Jar, thanks for coming on again. Um, and hopefully we can do a, a Q&A, uh, just you and I, on this channel very, very soon as well. Uh, what are you up to at the moment? Are you touring again? Yeah, we've got rehearsal starting soon. Um, so I, I hate rehearsing. Um, but then, yeah, we're, we're touring. We start in Exeter at 25th of October. And uh, yes, I'll be in London on the 
4th of November at the Forge in Camden. And there's a new album out, A Brief History of Now, Joe Wobble. So, you know, there's a few things going on. Brilliant. Well, lovely to have you back and uh, look forward to having you on again very soon. Thanks to Barnaby. Thanks to Jamie. Thanks to Jai. And thanks to everybody who has uh, tuned in on this stream and listening to this on an audio platform. Enjoy the international break. I will be doing some uh, content every single day, of course. And uh, enjoy the international break. And I'll see you again soon. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Thanks, Spurs. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.